What's up and welcome to Two Balls, One Puck, where we talk about the Buffalo Bills, Sabres, and Yankees. My name is Tommy and I'm here with my brother Joey and normally my brother Jacob, but Jacob is far away from us today. It's just me and Joey in the studio. Jacob's in Georgia at a Braves game right now. I mean, that's not how why he went to Georgia. He's on vacation, but I think he's at an Atlanta Braves game right now. But anyway, it's just me and Joey right now. It's June 28th, 2023. It's a Wednesday afternoon. We're recording, having a good time. Um, Joey, why don't you tell everybody how you're doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah. Sunny uh, sunny afternoon, which was a rainy, cold morning. Smoky. Uh, smoky. Yeah. We are getting Bro. the smoke back uh, pretty bad, and it was horrendous. I mean, I know the majority of the United States felt the effects of the Canadian fires, um, for about a, a good week, maybe 10 days, and it's been fine since. I mean, but yeah. I mean, honestly, woke up this morning on my way to work. I thought it was just really foggy, and it was smoke. honestly just smoke. So yeah. it's crazy. You can smell it. You can, smell, you can it. smell it. It's crazy. For those but, who don't know what we're talking about, I'm sure most that are listening do, but we're getting the after effects of the uh, wildfire of wildfires up in Canada, and it's reaching all the way down here. I mean, we're not that far away from Canada. Which no, is I mean, we're crazy uh, think two about hours it, but... drive from Toronto pretty much so yeah, two and a half a little yeah yeah okay. it's not it's, not it's closer for us to go to toronto than it is to like pittsburgh yeah i think right yeah, it is. or it's about I mean, the same, niagara falls the same. canada so is about an hours. hour hour 45 yeah so it's not bad but you know honestly uh, uh hopes and prayers and uh wishes of well-being for the people of canada too because we're getting the effects of this we can only imagine how bad it's going to be up there and you know all the people trying to to fight this and figure it out because it is nasty, man. Those wildfires are sweeping through thousands of acres and it's just, it's not great. So there are neighbors from the North, bro. They are neighbors from the we North. We wouldn't have hockey if it weren't for them. What would we be talking Nor about? Or would we right have now? Tim Hortons? Are you sure about that? Tim Hortons is Canadian. Yeah, I know. I know. But it originated in Canada. Yeah. Did I'd they? have to imagine. Well, fact if, check Jake, it. if Jacob was here, he'd look it he, up. But Jacob's not here. The structure of the show might go off the rails today because Jacob's not here. He seems to be our kind of leveler, our grounder, if you will. Joey and I just talking to each other is dangerous. It can be. The first <laughs> Tim Hortons was Ooh. opened in Hamilton, Ontario in 1964. Wow, look at Joey doing some research. Checks out. Big, big research guy. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we we talk about our three favorite sports teams here, mm-hmm. and two of them, not too much going on. I guess the, the Sabres, we've got the yeah. draft tonight, the NHL draft, uh, and, you know, Bills is pretty quiet, too. Yeah, um, with the Bills talk, uh, if you've been listening um, over the last couple of episodes, we've said it already a couple times, but the uh, Bills are in the, like, absolute uh, pinnacle of their offseason lull. Right now, there's yep. nothing going on in Bill's land right now at all. So, um, you know, the Sabres are hot. Draft is tonight. We talked about that in our last episode. Um, and today, I say today, we're not recording at night for the first time ever. It is. We're actually going to do a uh, off-season preview of sorts for the Sabres. We're going to just look at their current roster makeup and going into, well, the draft is tonight and things could happen. This could change tonight. We could see moves on the floor. Um, but going into free agency that's starting on uh, Saturday um, and see what moves of the Sabres uh, could make, should make, won't make, might make. When they signed Taylor Hall, you remember the clip that came out of Terry Pagula in the 
back of the like he wasn't on camera, but it was like the hidden like candy club. He's like, you know, if we're signing this guy, we're not just competing for the playoffs here. We're trying to win a Stanley Cup. <laughs> oh Classic. my god, how that went! And Hall just so got flipped south. too. Hall went to Chicago, yeah. Windy City, to maybe tank with Bernard. Uh, maybe he'll get to play on a line with Bernard. Probably. Actually, to be honest, they don't have a lot of options. To it's play actually Bernard. not a bad idea to bring. Like, okay, if you're Taylor Hall, it probably sucks that you're going to Chicago, but for right now. But honestly, uh, Chicago probably would have benefited from uh, getting a veteran goal scorer to play with Bernard. Bernard, I said Bernard. Yeah, Bernard. I mean, Bernard, you Bernard, have to put Bernard. something around him. And honestly, even look at like yeah. Zegris and Anaheim, and you know. There was some a little bit of uh, you know some people picking up some slack around um, around him a little bit out in Anaheim. Zegris, right, right, right. Uh, you know, good you to have, can't have good Bedard to have... come into the NHL and have no one to play with. Not only is that going to make him look bad, it could hurt his confidence. Yeah. You know, you need to to surround him with some good players. And I can't remember. You know, look around the the last top picks in the league, you know, first overall or second overall picks, they got paired with some pretty good players. So I think it means a lot. So I, I get that. I don't miss Taylor Hall as a Sabres fan. I just, you know, it not was one of those It guys. was exciting. I remember when we yeah. did sign him. No, it was exciting because he was the number one free agent on the market. He was only a couple of years removed from a from an MVP. Yep. And in 2018, he was literally a couple of years removed. And it was exciting because the Sabres – historically have never gotten the big ticket free agent. This is true. Um, we but- will talk more about uh, Sabres in a minute. First, you know, we'd like to just touch on the Bills real quick. Like Tommy said, not too much going on in Bills land. I bet you if you Googled Bills news right now, the only thing you'll hear about is still like the Diggs training camp stuff. So not too much going on in Bills land. We got, the, uh, we got the big, uh, you know, the GM and the coach contracts. We discussed that last episode. But yeah. Uh, yeah, things are pretty quiet right now in the NFL. So um, I got a question for you then, Joe. Let's hear it. Okay. Favorite Bills moment from last season. You got one? Favorite. Yeah. Favorite. Um I think the snow game was Miami. A riot. Yeah, just a, an absolute riot. And and for, for the refs to have to stop the game and say to the fans, hey, guys, if you keep throwing snowballs and ice on the field, your team's going to be penalized. I've never seen that. I've never seen that before. That was, really funny. that was hilarious. And especially after what happened when they were in Miami with the Heat, it was just, just a complete storybook. Um, the only thing worse than the uh, snowballs coming down was in The Dark Knight Rises. Have you seen it? Many times. When Bain blows up the football stadium in the middle of uh, the game. Mm. Where, you want me to do my Bane? Sure. Did you ask me to do my Bane I voice? Well, I thought you did. So. No, you don't have to. I'm, I'm Bane. Yes. I love the Bills. Okay. Uh, another one, Tom, if you were going to ask me, I think Diggs' one-handed catch that will be in... Uh, replays and ESPN, you know, I'm sure we'll see it in commercials and promos for the NFL, especially the Bills for years to come. That was a great one. And I think just watching our quarterback who can throw the ball the length of the field hurdle in stiff arm defensive players is just a continuous top moment or several moments for me. Um, The one-handed catch was Diggs's or Sigs's, sorry, Defon Sigs. Almost mispronounced his name there. Uh, yeah, Defon's uh, callback. If you're a first-time listener, I said Defon Sigs in like our first episode. Accidentally. I'm sticking to it. Yes. Um, 
Oh, the butt punt. <laughs> butt punt. That was legendary. Butt punt was good. That was great. The BP. Yep. And um, honestly, the um, my, I mean, it's hard because personal favorite. Yeah, the the my the Miami game was fun because I was actually uh, on the road when that was happening, and I was trying to get. I had no coverage. Jenny and I were on our way to our family or her family's Christmas mm-hmm. in Knox, PA, which is just you know the only way to get there is the most just backwards, stupid back roads, tight, turny, just like windy, poopy way yep. that you can possibly go. You know, we counted how many deer we saw, and you know how we many? saw Vixen and Randolph, Randolph. <laughs> We saw Rudolph. Randolph. That's Rudolph the we red nose neighbor. That's his brother. He's yeah. got a, he's got a green nose. We saw we saw all the ones. <laughs> we saw all the big ones. Cupid and Comet and Vixen and Dasher and Dancer and Prancer. But we also saw George and Dean and Mark and all the reindeer. This is getting off the rails. And Jacob needs to, to hold here. us accountable. Yeah. So anyway, do you think that reindeer eat the same things that normal deer do? No, man, they eat, like... Magic? Do yeah, they eat magic? they eat, like, rainbows and stuff. A bit of dust for you! How do you think they fly? There's my elf uh, running up. A bit you of gotta dust! You gotta stop for with the voices. I think you're, you've are you done two voices already, and well, we're, third time's we're ten minutes into the episode. I'll get another one in there. We'll see about that. So, anyway, Bill's talk is kind of light, as you can see, yep. uh, or hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so, our favorite moments from the Bill season are... Honestly, it would be better if they would have won. I think if we would have beat Cincy, we would have uh, won the Super Bowl. Just hot take. Yeah. I think we could would have gone yeah. all the way. I mean, Cincinnati was the – we lost to the eventual They champ. were the much better team in that game against the Bills. Cincinnati was the much better Oh, big time. Well, that's team. what I'm saying. If we would have yeah. gotten by Cincy, I think that we I think we could have done it. I think I, that, that holds not. true to – uh, I think that holds true to the playoff game against the Chiefs when we saw the seven or what, 13-second drive. Can we not talk about that? Well, it happened. So, you Dude, know, I, do you remember you and I, the amount of emotion ballistic that and we then just dis- despair, yep. the way that we displayed our emotions, it went, f- it was unbelievable. I, we gave each other the biggest hug. We were jumping around for joy when Davis got, made that catch in the end zone. We're like, there's we knew no it. way. We're like, there's we knew no it. we're way. going to the FC This is amazing. We knew it. And, the, yeah. I, and then the deflation, no Tom Brady jokes intended that came after that. I'm out on that, by the way, was I do was heart wrenching. I mean, I I I still remember the highs and lows of my emotion that night. But you know, Tom, I think that we will be able to celebrate a Bill Super Bowl soon. I really do. I hope you're right. I really do, man. Oh, I really hope you're out right. of it these be... three teams that we know oh. and love, and that now we talk about on camera and on audio a couple times a week. They definitely have the best shot right now, based on where the Yankees are at. And, you know, the Sabres on the way up. But the Bills have a legitimate shot. They are going to be Super Bowl contenders for the next couple of years. At least. Year after year, the Yankees have been our one team that we can rely on to win. Well, no, 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 oh, no. to win. To, to, to yeah. be winners. Yeah, to win. Because, I mean, let's face it, the Yankees haven't had a losing – have not been sub-500 in – I would like to look that up. I know it's been like 30 years or more. I think it's been over 30 years since the last time the Yankees had a sub-500 record regular season. But anyway, yeah, let's um, switch gears because football talk is light, and we're going to go into Sabres talk. Sabres land, we mentioned at the top of the ep, the draft is tonight. Round one is tonight. Mm -hmm. Rounds two through seven, the rounds that nobody cares about, are tomorrow. Um, and it's like 11 a.m. It's just like this. They get to the point where it's just hilarious. They just like, when you start, when they start, 
it's a big show for round one, right? Mm-hmm. And then rounds two through seven, they just have like they don't go up to the stage. They just cut the camera to like the vice VP of scouting, and he goes, uh, he goes, well, the Sabers are gonna make their fifth pick, and they pick uh, Yuri Kolich or whatever <laughs> it is, they, and. There's no claps. They just, okay, business as usual, on to the next one. They just get, like, a text to, like, hey, we just drafted you, by the way. Right. Yeah, they just get a text. Exactly. I feel bad for the guys that are in the, like, the players that are there thinking that they're first-rounders and that they fall the next day and then, or, I don't know. Yeah, that must be deflating. I think that they've got a pretty good idea of where they're projected, so it probably only happens with a couple of guys that fall out of the first round when they, you know. Yeah. you got to think out of the projected top, what, now 32 each team, you know, 32 picks in each round. you got to think that 27 or 28 of those guys knew they were going first. Probably. Last year, there was was some surprises. There was movement. There was. All right, but what we're going to— Speaking of movement, Uh do you want to talk about the Uh possibility Uh of the— Sabers moving up in the draft. Uh, I mean, that's a very if that's part of our offseason preview, I, I should mean, perish. well, we've got the draft tonight, so I think we should at least mention it. There has been, I guess, I would call them rumors. I don't know. I know Adam said he would be this aggressive morning. this morning. He'd say he'd be aggressive, but you know, what? Are, what do you think they do? You know, how? Who are they targeting? I guess yeah, that's well, the, the question. Is if who they must have a guy that they want. Right. And got their eyes on that know that won't fall to their what thirteenth pick, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you got to think if they're gonna move up to get a guy, it's probably gonna be one of the big names that we've mentioned because <laughs> you're not gonna well, move up from thirteen unless you've got your eyes fixed on a certain player. Here's my thing with moving up because you're gonna have to give up more capital to move up, um, especially depending on how many picks they want to move up. I mean, this is a deep. This year's draft is deep, right? If the Sabers are looking to get into the top ten, maybe. Um, I don't see a world where they're going to get into the top five. I don't. None of those teams are going to trade their first round pick. I, that's just not going to happen. The cost of that would be, It'd be heavy. Huge. It'd be steep, yes. too steep for the Sabers to worry about right now because the the worst of the rebuild for the Sabers is past, mm-hmm. and the like they went through the the hard times. They Adams built back up the prospect pool, and we're seeing the fruits of that right now. We're seeing it more, right? And like, that's a great that's a great question. If the Sabers were to move up in the draft, who would they really need be looking at? And the only one, in my opinion, besides the obvious ones and like out of the top three, five, which they're not going to get. No, you don't. No, no, a, no team's going to give up. Is that a Reinbacher. Yeah. If the Sabers genuinely felt that Reinbacher wasn't going to fall past eight, like to past Washington or seven. That's high to get up to trade up that there. That's that's a steep price to pay. They would have to give up more picks, probably prospect capital to get up into that. Mm-hmm. But Reinbacher's the only one, in my opinion. I mean, unless you're looking at because some of these other wingers that are that on some mock drafts are projected to go six, seven, eight. Some mock drafts have them going 13, 14. The Matthew Wood, the Colby Barlow, the Zach Bensons, right? Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, it's you move up to get Reinbacher, a right, a big right shot defenseman who the Sabers are looking for. But he's, but even if they get Reinbacher, he's not somebody who's plugging into their lineup this year. The Sabers need a top four defenseman this year, and that's what we're going to talk yeah. about more in, in the in this preview. But, this is true, it, but yes, you know, they do need that guy this year, Tom. But I don't think that obviously you want to say that you want to compete or have you know aspirations to be a Stanley Cup competitor. 
that's not necessarily realistic with the Sabres. They just crossed the gap of a plus 500 season and missed playoffs by a hair. Yes, great progress. You don't just hop right in and go and win the cup. We don't see that. It takes. There's a progression. You know what I mean? There's a, a true progression that it takes yeah, to get it. Vegas, we just, we just saw Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, well, well, Vegas still had that progression. They they battled no, it a I few know. years before they got in. Yeah. So I don't know. If, if, if you think that Reinbacher is someone that in two, three years could be a genuine difference maker, Darlene's not going anywhere. Power's not going anywhere. Thompson's not going. Our core is here to stay. Mm-hmm. That could be a very real possibility it'd be a great pick and I i'm not think, disputing that i do agree with you that I'm i think if the they capital. are going to move up yeah if they are going to trade up from their 13th overall pick mm-hmm. i do think that reinbacher is the one player that i see here because you have to know you know bernard's going number one mm-hmm. either you know people have said fantilli might not go to carlson might go whatever two, it's one Hitchcock of the two. might go to those four mm-hmm. are pretty much locked Watch. in on the top five per se. Unless you're unless you're a believer that Mitchkoff is going to drop and drop and drop because nobody wants to hand, uh, wait put their for hands him, on yeah. the well wait for him or have to deal with the situation over in Russia. Yeah, so. understood. But anyway, we'll see, dude. I, I don't yeah. know. We'll see in uh, in the next time we talk. The next time we record. few hours draft is in four hours. Yeah, but uh, um, I'd love to. I'd love to see Adams be aggressive because for the first time in our recent or relatively recent the sabers are actual contenders in the nhl and yeah, let's it, see him be aggressive why not if you're a point if you finish a point out of a playoff spot yeah you're legit you're there and so i don't know man i just i would love to see that i think what adams is going to do is he understands that this rebuild that was a rebuild and then oh yeah we're rebuilding again oh yeah we're rebuilding again he doesn't want to take that step again. So he's going to do everything in his power to make the Sabres competitive for the next handful of years. And if trading up in the draft and getting rid of something or someone is what it takes to get there, I'm all for it. I really am. I'd love to see it. I want to give props to Kevin Adams really quick before we get into the full-blown offseason preview here. When he took over, okay, he was presented with a situation where you know, the previous two GMs, Tim Murray and, and Botterill. <laughs> Tim Murray. That's Did he Tim, do anything good? That's That was Tim Murray. He traded O'Reilly. He tried. He, he traded for O'Reilly. Yeah. He traded for Robin Leonard. He traded for a lot of studs that weren't studs in Buffalo. Yeah. He traded for Evander Kane. We've seen that, though, haven't we? Remember that trade? Evander Kane and Zach Bogosian for Tyler Myers and Drew Stafford. I... Remember Still that? look back and I like that trade. I Tyler Myers, I was never high on tough, him. Tough in Vancouver yeah, right now. Never high on him. Well, I'm on the Kelder. So anyway, you give props to Adams. Okay, I give props to Adams because when he came into that situation, he knew that he had Eichel and Reinhardt and they were coming out of this supposed rebuild. And again, this was COVID, uh, the COVID year. Mm-hmm. And he you know, said, okay, we're going to take one more legitimate shot with this core. With Eichel, with Reinhardt, with Risto, yeah. right? And that's why they went out and they got Taylor Hall and they brought in Eric Stahl. And, you know, it just didn't work. It didn't work with that core. And then they said he gave, but he gave them a legitimate chance. He put a couple of more pieces in to that team to give them one more shot. It didn't work and they tore it down. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching interview after interview with that Adams got about the Sabres not making any moves at this deadline and not making any moves at that deadline and not doing anything in free agency. And Adams said, you know what? I, he, I loved the way he always said this. And I don't know if anybody understood what he was saying. I'm sure plenty did, but 
he kept saying very cryptically that, you know, we we need to start building and getting players that want to be here. He kept saying that. He's like, we want players that want to be here. Once we do that, he said, we're not going to put ourselves in a position right now where we can't be in a position later on to build when we need to. And he was very cryptically saying, we're going to be bad for a little bit so we can build a core that wants to be in Buffalo, and then when we're ready, we can start spending in free agency yeah. and making big ticket free Almost uh, big fil- ticket filtering trade. out the the attitudes, filtering out the negativity, filtering out the players that didn't want to be a part of it. Sure. And now look there, where we're man. At, man. Those Sabres guys, they love Buffalo. They love the team. They love their teammates. And so, you, dude, Alex Tuck. I well, swear, dude, Tuck, Tuck would cut Tuck. off uh, two pinkies. And two toes, just be the saber. It, like he future loves captain. Buffalo yeah, Cap- we'll after Oposo. After yeah, maybe. maybe. There's some I mean, he's him, very cousins, Darlene. They all have a lot of potential. And when you have a your superstar, you know we see that around the NHL, they like throwing letters on superstars. So Thompson will probably get a, a letter at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but Darlene's already got one. Anyway, you're very right. Give Adams a lot. I, of I give him a ton of credit. You have to, and I hope I really do. I hope he's aggressive in this draft. I hope he's aggressive in the off season. And I would love to see a competitive team. I love to see. I, I love the Sabers, and we'll get into the roster right now. They've got some great players. They've got some great. Let's get into it. We're talking. Well, let's get okay, into it let's because do it. yeah, no, we're we're. You know what? We give Adams a ton of props, yep. and those two, three years ago, those comments that he kept having to make. You know what? It's finally paid off. It's, it's actually to time now it is, yeah. where the Sabers are in a position to spend a little bit of money if they want. I don't think the Sabers are going to go. They're not like. We're not going to be the Maple Leafs, the uh, you know Bruins, Vegas this year. We're not going to spend to the cap. I don't think the Sabres no, are spending to the cap because a little money go out the door, man. We well, we've been retaining contracts to hit the cap. There's floor. more. Can we? Yeah, but not anymore. We're pat. I those know. days are gone now. With the Sabres game, which is awesome. But we do have. Did we have Ben Bishop's contract last year? We did. Bishop last year. I know I'm that ninety nine percent sure the Sabres had Ben Bishop on their their payroll to, because they needed him to hit the cap floor. <laughs> I know dead cap right now. The Sabers don't have any. Eric Christian Erhoff's buyout finally is gone. That was That's literally been a twelve, long like 12 time. years ago, yeah. like ten years ago. Anyway, so okay. looking at the Sabers roster, which is Let, what we're gonna do. Yeah, let's start up front. Sure. Okay, again, I don't think the Sabers are gonna spend to the cap. No, uh, ceiling. And also keep in mind that after this season, Peyton Krebs, Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka. And Middlestat, if he's still around, all will be due for new deals. Mm-hmm. And as will a ton of defensemen, uh, namely one Rasmus Dahlin. Yep. Okay, right? Owen Power? Yep. Okay. So that's why, uh, yeah, money will come off the books as well, but I don't see the Sabres spending in free agency this year that much. I really don't because they know that more guys are going to be coming up. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, yeah, let's see that. Olofsson, let's start with the forward core, okay? We're off-season preview, forward core, okay? First and foremost, we talked about it already a little bit, Victor Olofsson trade, potentially, right? That would, if if they just trade him just as a cap dump almost, mm-hmm. that frees up 4.7 milli, which is a good chunk of change. It is, but that's a good chunk of goals. We've talked about that. That's a good chunk of goals. Yeah. So, okay, up front, needs that the Sabres... Are looking at needs that they need, haha, <laughs> and p- 
potential suitors in the trade and free agency market. We're talking strictly trade and free agency. Now we're, we're going away from the draft. What's realistic for the Sabres? What do they need? We've talked about it a little bit already. In my opinion, it's the bottom six role player guys. Uh, I think if they're going to add anything up front, it's that. I think our top six is kind of set, dude. I mean, Thompson, Tuck, Skinner. Yeah, it is. If, if you're calling Cousins, Paterka, and Jack Quinn our second line, I mean, which they acted as it, and for the second half of last year, they were with Thompson battling injury. They were our most productive line. They're still kids, bro. You know, they might have a sophomore slump. You know, they we've seen that. So, I don't know. I, well, the, I don't think that we can count on Cousins, Quinn, and Paterka to be our true second line, which means and leads me to the point where I think we need a more competent, more offensive-minded third line and then a true defensive-minded fourth line. Okay, well, Casey Middlestat. Yep, fantastic. Right. We talked about him. And then it leads you to believe, okay, what well, if our fourth line, let's just say hypothetically our fourth line is uh, Zemgis, Okposo, and what, Kre- who, Krebs, Greenway? Krebs, Greenway. Okay, yeah. and I mean, yeah. that's Jost in this? You know, Jost, yeah, I think. If they get him back. If they get him back, I th- they want, he, Adams did say that they want to re-sign Jost, yep. which I'm fine with. I, I like Jost, there, he had man. a good year. He was year. a water bug, he buzzed sure. around. I think Hinnestroza walks. Yeah. Um, I think, mid, uh, ger- or, blah, blah, blah. I think Hinnestroza will get picked up. I really do. Yeah, I depth think, forward. I think he'll be a depth forward somewhere, you know. Hey, he might play with Bedard next year. <laughs> Olaf gets picked up by the Blackhawks. Olafson's going to get traded. I can feel it. Okay. If he if Adams can find a suitor and I think plenty of teams would would uh acquire want to acquire a 28-goal scorer who can snipe on the power play, he's a good finisher. If Olafson goes, right? That essentially takes away that third that top nine offensive threat that you're looking for. Let's say Olsen goes and the Sabres don't make any more moves, mm-hmm. right? Then you're looking at that top six we discussed. You're looking at a third line of, let's say, Middlestat, um, Greenway, and Krebs. And then you're looking at a fourth line of Gergensen's, Jost, and Okposo. Is that the forward core with a maybe Yuri Kulich in there? Or... Or this, a Savoy, or uh, I don't think he's ready no. yet. Or did the Sabers look into free agency, possibly at some like my dream signing for the Sabers this year up front, not their number one priority. I would, oh my god, I would love the Sabers to go for an Ivan Barbashev, yeah, who is going to command a lot of money because of what he did in the playoffs this last year, this last season for Vegas and the type of heavy bottom six game that he provided. He's going to command a good chunk of change that I don't think the Sabres are going to commit to. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's my dream up front yeah, to plug and, and into the bottom six, him, man, dude. He played 82 games, and he had 45 points. So I think what you're saying is his value increased a lot based on what he did in the playoffs. Um, oh, big time. Because, you know, if he had a mediocre, subpar even playoffs, he's not even cracking the top, you know, 30 free agents. But he proved that he can play both sides of the puck really well. Sabres need a guy like that. But, I mean, what's, what's he making right now? I'm looking it up right now. So he currently is coming off making 2.25 a year. He's going to make way more. He's going to double he's that gonna get, at least. 
He's going to double that, he's, I yeah, think. He's and so paid. do you – if you're going to expect him to play a bottom six role, do you pay a bottom six guy $5 million or 4.7 or 5.2? You know, And if you do, that affects what you're going to do the next year or going after the big guy. So I, I, I think the player that Barbashev is, the kind of player the Sabres really need, I don't know if he's the exact one. Um, now hear me out, Tom. Do you know who I miss and we could totally bring back? Erod, Evan Rodriguez. Is he on the, is he on the yeah, market this year? Yeah, he's a free agent. Is he? Yeah. He, he made $2 million last mm-hmm. year. I I don't know. I loved Rodriguez. And he, he was playing with Crosby, man, and he was producing with him when he was playing with Pittsburgh there. So, yeah, I don't know. But they do need to add up front. I don't think mm, that they're will, AHL. But no, will they, though? I don't think they will. No. Oh, I don't think they will. No, so, no, no, genuinely. So hear me out. What I think that they're going to do is I think they're going to keep those, quote-unquote, top three lines or two lines that we talked about and then having Greenway and having Yost, Middlestat, those guys in the top nine per se, I think that they're going to kind of treat the fourth line or that, you know, 11th and 12th forward spot as kind of like continuous in-season tryouts. You know what I mean? Hmm. Maybe Rusek comes in, plays two or three, see how he's looking. Maybe Savoy comes up and gets his feet wet a little bit in the NHL. Who knows, you know? I think that's what they might do, and they can afford to do that if they structure the team properly around it. But I don't know. Some guys, man, just need opportunity. Really. Look at Krebs, what he did last year. He got the opportunity to play top six, and he picked up his game and escalated it to an incredible level and became one of the guys that we wanted to see out there all the time. So I don't know. I don't know if the the Sabres, if they do hit the free agent market, or if they, you know, try to make a trade, I don't think it's going to be for a forward. I think that they are going to focus, which I'm sure we're shifting our attention to next. Mm-hmm. I do think that they're going to hone in on bringing in a very competent, defensive-minded defenseman if they're going to make a trade or a bigger signing. It's well documented. Yeah. Top four, right-handed shot, mm-hmm. two-way or defensive-style defenseman, responsible in their own zone, right? Mm-hmm. Plays the big game. We saw it with Vegas. It's all the rage. It's what wins... It's what's seemingly, I mean, even teams of the past, we've talked about that too. Your Lightning, your Avalanche, I mean, look at the Lightning's decor. Year after year, they rolled out Hedman, McDonough, Sergachev, Chernak, Jan Ruda, Bogosian. Bogosian was banging. In I, I would love, Tampa. I mean, people just hated on Zach Bogosian, yeah. but the Sabres Well, it's just because sucked. he was supposed to be a Drew Doughty, and he never was. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was, was supposed yeah. to be. Where was he drafted? He was he top was top three. Yeah, I think he was third overall. Yeah. Or set. that draft, he was drafted by the Thrashers. Ah! I know he was. Shout out Atlanta. I think he's one of a handful of players left in the league that was drafted by by the Atlanta. Yeah, uh, check that. I'm gonna check it. Um. So okay, Sabers up front, third overall. I, yeah, drafted I over Pietrangelo. Uh, he was drafted de- over. Yes. Yeah, a lot of guys. That was 2009, right? I can name you. Ready? Here we go. 2009 draft, right? 2008. Eight. Victor Hedman? No, Steven Stamkos. Yes, you're thinking of it. Yep. Stamkos, Doughty, mm-hmm. and Bogosian. And then Pichonville was four. Okay. So, and anyway, yeah. Sabres could run it back up front. They really could. They could run it back up front, but they, if they genuinely want to take the extra step to get into the playoffs, they cannot. They simply cannot run it back on the back end, which no. is where the Sabres have been very active. It is well-documented that Adams has been very active in trade discussion um, for potential top four right-handed shot D. A couple of the names that have been brought up and linked to the Sabres recently is Brett Pesci of the Carolina Hurricanes, 
who is exactly what the Sabres are looking for out of a out of a defenseman, right? The Sabres are not looking to acquire a Eric Carlson type. Not that I would hate bringing in Eric Carlson. No, but they're not looking to bring. We in need someone to play good D, and Carlson's a fourth forward. He's a little bit of a of right. So Brett so. Pesci, though, you look at his stat card, okay? Projected WAR percentage, ninetieth percentile. Projected WAR percentage, right? Mm-hmm. Even strength, offensive zone, ninety-one percent, which is awesome. Okay, but. What's really, really awesome, in my opinion, is the penalty kill percentile, right? 97th percentile on the penalty kill. And the competition that he plays against is 86th percentile, which means that he's playing in the, that high percentile of competition every single night. So Pesci's going out against the best every single night. He's getting matched up with your top-line players most of the time. And the Sabres need that kind of player. Yeah. They need that kind of player. So Pesci is one that has been targeted. Now, Mm -hmm. he's got one more year left on his deal, so a trade for a guy like Pesci would probably uh, also include an extension. It would probably, the Sabres would probably look to extend him. He's 28 years old. I don't know if the Sabres are willing to commit eight years to Pesci if he commands that. I don't know if he would. Maybe he'd be looking for a, you know, four or five year deal. But that kind of presence is what the Sabres uh, really, really need on their back end. A big, heavy, defensive, rely- defensively reliable defenseman with experience. That's what they need. So Pesci is one that the Sabres have been linked to, right? Another one that they've like half been linked to is Noah Hannafin in Calgary. And uh, former Hurricane, actually. So what's mm-hmm. up, Pesci? Hannafin's a little bit more of a, a long shot, but Hannafin's numbers and his stat card are freaking awesome. Yeah. Dude. If if the and I don't know if the what's happening in Calgary, they just traded Tyler to Foley. Um, I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If, he said that he uh, once they didn't want to extend him, he wanted out. So. I don't. I don't know. Think that the Flames are necessarily about to blow it up, but they did just trade to Foley, and there have has been more discussion. Um, and Noah Hannafin would be a, it would cost a lot more. Yeah. But he's a guy that you think that they could have a part of that core for a while. And I know that the, the Hannafin was kind of like up and down on what people thought about him. Cause he was projected to be a superstar defenseman as well, as yeah. well at one point. Yeah, yeah. And you see, it doesn't always work out like that. You know, some guys will come into a different role. McCarr, Darlene, you know, Hedman, these guys that are extremely highly touted. Quinn Hughes, you know, they step right in and they're like, yep, I'm that superstar defenseman. Some other guys step into a, a different role, and that's exactly what Hannafin did. Mm-hmm. And he's good. I, I watch a lot of Flames game. I watch a lot of West Coast hockey during the year because they play late at night. You know, I'm usually home the 9 o'clock, 9.30, 10 o'clock clock games I watch sure. a lot of them because I'm usually busy at seven mm-hmm. you know I, I get to see most of the Sabres games but Hannafin is a bully out there too man and he's talented it's not like he's just lugging around he can move the puck he can move his feet I think he'd be an incredible addition but we have to think what what do you think Tom in, in your mind right now you know you're Kevin Adams what do you think you'd have to give up for Hannafin hmm well let's see seeing the trade market right now there's been some wacky trade market yeah, so dude. far. Did you see real quick what? the Kings oh, what they, got fleeced. They got fleeced for Pierre Luc Dubois. They got fleeced. And then they signed him? Velarde. 
Aya follow and like a, another prospect yeah. in a second rounder or something like that. Do you Dude, think that was a good contract, by the way? I don't think Dubois is worth, was it 8.5 or 8.2? 8.5 for, eight, for eight, eight by eight. 8.5 by 8. And I think, okay, Dubois, I think he's a, I've always liked Dubois as a player, what he mm-hmm. can bring to the table. Off the ice, people don't like Dubois. He seems to be involved in antics and he's demanded trades like twice now in his young career. But to commit that much money to somebody who is semi-proven, let is me remind you that Tage Thompson boring. just signed a seven-year, where he's averaging seven point two, right? Something like that, seven four, something like and that, seven he six. He could legitimately be in, I mean, in the goal-scoring race for the next couple of years. And Dubois, well, that he's a different player, dude. Eight and a half for him. Uh, Thompson, Look around the league at guys that make eight and a half. Dubois is not in that category. He's not, in my opinion. Kevin if, Adams will never do that. If Thompson didn't get hurt last year, he would have scored 50 goals and 100 points. Yep. So, anyway, Hannafin, what would it take? Uh, good question. Probably depends on if the Flames are looking for uh, NHL talent back or if the Flames are trying to do a retool. Um, because, you know, would you dangle a... Would the Flames ever be interested in taking a Olofsson um, along with draft capital? I think it would take it would take a first round pick would have to be included mm-hmm. uh, to get Hannafin and probably a mid tier prospect and maybe NHL talent to get Hannafin at least. And I'm gonna do something real quick, Tom. Um, we're gonna hit a segment of the episode uh, that usually you and Jacob oh talk boy. to each other. So I'm gonna ask you a question and just uh, count on your honesty. Name the Sabers first pick in each draft going back as far as you can. So last year's okay. first pick. All right. Okay. So it's time for Joey's got to go. Joey's going to pee. There he goes. He's taking off. And normally, yes, I have Jacob to banter with, but uh, I'm by myself. I could just not do what Joey told me to do. I'm just by myself talking into the microphone. Anybody? Hello? All right. I'll do what Joey asked me to do. He asked me to name the Sabres first-round picks and orders dating back as far as I can. Okay. So last year, play along with me if you're listening. Uh 2022, Matt Savoy. 2021 was Power, right? Power? 2020, oh boy. When was Middlestat? Darlene was 18. 19, oh, uh, no, that was, I'm thinking of Nylander, Alex Nylander. That was our first pick. 2021 was Power. So 2020 was... Uh, I don't know. Maybe I should, I should go the reverse order. Here's one. Back in like 2005 or something, the Sabres drafted a guy named Mark Zagrapin, I think it is, or Zagrapan, something like that. I think that was the first pick. Um, oh boy, twenty. Why is 2020 stumping me? Am I stupid? First round pick. Power must have been 21. Yeah. Uh. Was Osland? Well, we are, are okay. Our first f- pick in the first round, because I think we had multiple first picks. Noah Osland was in the first round as well. Okay. Uh, hey, Joey's back. I think, How'd you do? I think I got like two years, and then I went back to like 05. Okay. So I went. Okay. Obviously, last year was Savoy. Okay. We had multiple first round picks though last year. Didn't we? Mm-hmm. Savoy, Ostland, Coolidge, I think, might have been a first rounder. 
And then power was 21. 2020 stumped me. Was that? Because then, was that Quinn or Paterka? Hmm. 19 was Cousins. 18 I got, that was Darlene. Middle stat was like 17, or Nylander was 17, and middle stat was the other one. 16, 17, Bro, I think Nylander and middle do you stat. Know? How am it I doing? makes me really happy, Tom. And I'm Michael just was 15, Reinhardt was 14. I'm just looking at the Sabres draft picks, right? Risto was 13. Um, 2019, Cousins was our first pick, right? 2020, Jack Quinn... JJ Paterka were our first two picks in the draft. So I just I'm actually I just doing, saw oh, that. I'm How cool really is good. that? How cool is that though? That's, That's our cool. current quote second line. That's pretty sweet. After 13, I just named a bunch of them, and after 13, it kind of blanks on me a little bit. Reinhardt was 14. I got that. Risto 13 was 13. Was Risto? I got yeah. Gregorenko 2012. Oh my God, Mikel Gregorenko. Okay. Yeah. Before we. Uh, get into more of this though. Let's finish out. Let's round out since you're back. We've talked about defense. We've talked about the need uh, mm-hmm. for the Sabers to acquire um, through trade, possibly more likely. I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But hey, look, there's free agents too. There is a free agent market. I don't think the Sabers are going to spend. I really don't. But I mean, Matt Dumba. Would the Sabres take a stab? Would they take a chance at Dumbo? Are they more willing to trade capital for a more proven top four defenseman? Did they go out of their way inside Dumbo? I don't know. I don't know, man. I Dumbo had a bad year last he year. He had a bad year on a really weird Minnesota Wild team that like felt so good and also at times like so confusing. Hannafin's stat card. You're really it's liking really Hannafin, good. aren't you? The it's more you look blue. at him, you want it. It's all yeah. blue. 92 percentile projected war. Dumba, 25 So if Owen dude. Power can play in another level than he did last year, if yeah. he can take a progressive step, a step forward in every aspect of his game, in, in my opinion, I think the only thing that OP, Owen Power, was really behind the eight ball on last year was his acceleration, his first step foot speed. He got caught and he got beat a lot based on that first step. But his stick works incredible. He sees the ice so well. He's talented. It seemed like he had kind of had a muffin at times. He'd be in the slot with a <laughs> shot. It wasn't but if he can step up or at least Do play to what know? he did. Calder man. he was a Calder finalist. Calder finalist. Rookie finalist. All rookie team. So if Power plays like that and you're telling me that Darlene and Samuelson's our top pair and Power can play with a Noah Hannafin, we have to have some of the up there for the best top four defensemen in the league based on, you know, what they can produce. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. I don't know if it's realistic because they will have to move some legitimate talent to to get him. So, you know, a guy like Krebs is uh, Krebs in a lot of mock trades. Krebs mm. has kind of been the the one of yeah. the factors because he's now yeah. proven, he's talented, right. he's young, he has a lot of potential, but yet he's not cracking the top six, you know. So we'll see. I don't think that well I don't think we're gonna see I don't know, man. I would love to see Hannafin. I really would. I don't th- I don't know if we're going to. Yeah, Hannafin would be like the dream trade pick that's realistic, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's dream trade picks that aren't realistic, obviously. But uh, to round out the uh, dra- uh, off-season preview talk for the Sabres, and we'll make this one brief um, because we're going to get into some baseball for a little bit, um, is the uh, last position we haven't talked about that is between the pipes. Yeah. 
So as of right now, uh, going into next year, uh, shout out old man Craig, Craig Anderson, a much well-deserved retirement. He has been in the league for almost as long as I've been alive. Pretty close. He is tenured and then some and he gave the sabers some great a great couple of seasons dude yeah he really he did. really did he if, was a, their best goalie if the sabers didn't suck something mighty over the last few years yep. uh it actually would have could have amounted to something dude anderson in in his prime people forget he carried the uh, senators almost to the stanley cup finals in 17 game seven of the eastern conference finals he had a couple of really good years in colorado way back in like the late 2000s, early At 2010s. At one point, he was one of the best goalies in the NHL. He was when he was with Ottawa. Years. Yep, he was in his prime in Ottawa. He was a he superstar. Was really good. Yep. So anyway, but shout in, out to Kreger. So now looking ahead, shout out to Kreger. We've that got three bald head. We've got three goalies, and actually, I'm just going to start off by saying this: in the goaltending situation, I think the Sabers have a lot of potential at goalie. But if their team is going to be ready for playoff runs, are is the three? Sorry, are the three goalies they have right now the three guys that could? Keep up with the rest of the team in a playoff run. Mm. So we're talking about UPL, Levi, and Comrie. Well, a lot of people, first of all, a lot of people would say, like, we've been talking about the Sabres' biggest offseason need to be on the back end. A lot of people would argue the Sabres' number one need this offseason is to address goaltending. Uh, More people would say that. I, I think just as many people would say that than as people would say defense. Because... You could say, well, with a goalie last year, consistently the Sabres could have been in the playoffs, and I kind of don't disagree. I mean, we didn't have consistent goaltending throughout the year between UPL, Comrie, and Anderson until Levi came around and Jedi mastered all of our faces off. Uh, the forces with that one. Yeah, well, let me just read but this, man. Can read I read it. the quote from Adams? I'll read it. Or at least a part of Can it. Can you read? I am. When's the last time you read? A great reader. I didn't know you could read. That's a great reader. Um... So I think that this quote from Adams kind of sums it up pretty uh, pretty well. So he essentially said that the Sabres legitimately have three NHL goalies. Um, and, and so this is per a WGRZ interview that he did. What was this? Um, this morning. This morning. Uh, essentially said, hey, man, we've got three NHL goalies. And we've got Levi, we've got Comrie, we've got UPL. We've spent a lot of time nurturing, grooming, and building them in – we want them to, to compete. And so by signing or by trading for a number one goalie, you're kind you're not necessarily giving up on Levi or UPL, but you're saying, hey man, we don't really believe in you yet. Levi showed us nothing but him being an NHL starting goaltender. He played what, five I games mean, in a row? Six yes. games in a row, and he was he was great. Okay. However, on the flip side, let me play devil's advocate. Play okay, it. let me get my pitchfork out. Uh, Levi had a very small sample size. Can he do it over the course of a whole season? I don't know. So, here's my thing. If the Sabres are going to roll with UPL and Levi, and that leaves the question, what are we going to do with Comrie? What the hell are we going to do with Comrie? Because guess what? He kind of sucked last year. Yeah. He kind of sucked last year. Yeah, and the Sabres defense you like how definitely I say that sucked in front of him. They did. As well. they, were, they weren't that great. Comrie's got another year on the books, not a ton of money that he's due owed. Was he owed like one point something or two million or something like that? Cheap. 
So there's been talks of a buyout for Comrie just to get him off the books. It's not really a cap dump or anything, and we wouldn't really be on the hook for much money over the next couple of years to, to if we did that. I don't know if that's realistic. You could bury him in the minors. Tough to do. Um, tough look. I don't know. But let me get to my main point. Get to your main point. If the Sabres are going to roll with UPL and Levi, okay, if they're going to go that route, and Comrie is not their veteran third stringer, and maybe he is, then the Sabres need to go out and acquire, ideally through free agency, a veteran presence like Anderson was. Yep. Like, imagine if we had a full year last year of UPL Levi and Anderson instead yeah. of UPL Comrie and Anderson. Yeah. And Anderson could okay. be there to groom, eat games when he needs to. Okay, yeah, sure. So I look at a Semyon Varlamov on the block. I want the, like, over the last few years, you see the Anton Hudobins, the Yaroslav Halaks, the Hudobins Thomas, playoff run was The funny, Thomas dude. Grices, the yeah. Brian Elliotts, the journeymen veterans that, you know, find the goalie carousel every year, but they solidify the young goalie that's there and they help them move along, right? They eat games for them. They give them 20 games out, good, consistent games, right? So you either do that or, or more dramatically, which I don't think is going to happen if you're the Sabres, you look to, uh, you look to trade UPL and it, but I think he's too young to give up on. Yeah. I, I do. So this because- is Adam's quote. Ready? We feel we have three NHL, three NHL goaltenders, which is a great thing to have. So we're open-minded whether we go into the season with three. It's not an ideal situation, but we'll let it play itself out. But at the same point, I'm not doing my job if I'm not on every conversation around the league, knowing what's out there, what makes sense, and if there's something we think that will help set us up for sustainable success. Then we'll look at it. I'm excited about the goaltending position in Buffalo. The problem is with when it comes to the trade market, right? The Sabres have been linked very heavily over the last couple of months since the season ended in trade talks with, or not talks, but trade rumors with Winnipeg for Connor Hellebuck, Philly for Carter Hart, Anaheim for John Gibson. Those have been the three big ones because mm-hmm. all three of those guys are most likely going to get moved this year, especially Hellebuck and Carter Hart are really, really on it. Um, or on the trade rumor mill, right? I I don't... The capital the Sabres would have to give up, I mean, to get a guy like Hellebuck, yeah, if the Sabres got Hellebuck, our perception on the Sabres being playoff contenders this next season would go up really, really quickly. They really, really would. He's a proven goalie who can carry a team yeah. in the playoffs. He's right? one of he is one of the most dominant goalies in the league. But my uh, my rebuttal to that Tom is I will say that I don't think that the Sabres are in a position now where they need that superstar goalie this year. I think what they should do and I do think this is what they're going to do is see how this year plays out with UPL and with Levi. And if they get to the All-Star break and they're like, "Hey, this isn't cutting it. Our team's playing great, but our goalies can't keep us in or win the games," then they might make a move before or at the deadline, but I don't think that they're going to do anything before because I, I don't know, man. I still love UPL. I think he could really be a great NHL goalie. He's shown some amazing moments. Let Levi and UPL play, and what you said, signing a, a veteran goalie or if Comrie's kind of that quote-unquote older guy you know, to help groom, mentor. Regardless, mm-hmm. let Levi and let UPL get the reps in and let's see what they're all about with just the two of them, and then I think the Sabres might make a move if needed after that. Yeah, but Joey, 
if their Sabres' next step is playoffs, do you think UPL and Levi are going to go into the? Is that going to get it done? Hey man, Two 20, I, early twenty-year-old goalies. I get, I get what you mean, but look, look at the Knights. They put such a good team on the ice around them that I'm pretty sure you could have thrown any competent NHL but, goalie in between the pipes, and they would have succeeded playing in front okay. behind that Vegas Golden Knights team. Aiden Hill and Laurent Brassois got it done for the Knights, but throughout the year, Leonard played. Yep. They acquired Jonathan Quick, they who did. didn't play a second didn't, in the playoffs. playoffs no. Whatever he he played down the stretch, I I worry about the Sabers being able to get into the playoffs uh, with a whole year of UPL. And Levi, I will unless say UPL though, shows genuine the last, growth. The last couple of years, need a vet. tell me the Sabers issue has been goaltending. Truly. We haven't had Ryan Miller to keep us into steal games like crazy okay. in his prime. Yeah, but that hasn't been the Sabers' issue. I disagree. Okay, it's been maybe not their always primary issue, but it has been an it's issue. Been it's been an a talking, issue, but it has not been the primary issue. You, I don't think you that said it yourself, bro. We haven't had a goalie since Miller, a true number one goalie, yeah. year after year, where the season ends, and you know what? This guy's our guy next year. He's well, our guy. Why we had one? We have two of those guys that could potentially be that. Let's see what they've got. The, the Sabres aren't in a Stanley Cup, you know, year after year. They're not in it right now. They just missed playoffs. You know, yes, I want to see but them But we don't want to take a step back. Understood. But it's not right. a now or never mentality. If the Sabres were losing their guys or if they were getting older, then yes, go get that goalie that can win right now. But they're still building. They are still building their core, and so let Levi, let UPL get their reps in. Let's see what they're all about, and right. if they're not cutting it, then make a move because there's always a goalie out there. There's some bad teams in the league every year yeah, I'm just that saying, are willing if, to give guys up. If there's a trade that hypothetically made sense for the Sabres to go out and get John Gibson or yeah. Carter Hart, I mean, Hart, Hall, that Hall would cost a little, you UPL. Would, I'd make that trade. Okay. I, if I, if you it, don't trade Levi though, you can't. No, I don't think you trade Levi. No. But unless it, I mean, no, no dude. A realistic they've trade. Spend, no, they've no, no, spent no, no, the not, last four years. Grooming I'm not saying you trade. Yes, I know. No, we're not going to start talking about trading Levi. It's not going to happen. Well, but anyway. I think in general, the backside, our side of the ice, the Sabers blue line and in is the true focus for the off season. I, I hope in the draft tonight, dude. Let's see what happens next see time we happens. talk. We might be talking about Adams pulling something out of a hat. Ooh, um, pulling something out of it. Sure. Oh, I got a question for you. What's up, brother? Ready? As we uh, get ready to switch gears, and we're mm-hmm. going to keep our Yankees talk kind of light because we're going to try to wrap this up because Joey's got to go, and so do I. Mm-hmm. We have um, lives. We do have lives. Uh, wait. let me. Okay. Joey. Yes, sir. Who was the Buffalo Sabres' second-round pick in 2006? <laughs> wait. They had two second-round picks. Actually, they're both funny. So, uh, Did they their- play for the Sabres? They did. Did they play a decent amount for the Sabres? They did. One. Okay, ready? Okay, one is a goalie, one is a defenseman. The goalie played 153 games for the Sabres. The defenseman played 351 games. Uh, wait, no, this isn't just for the Sabres. Total. In the NHL. 06, Think about like them playing later on, though, if they were drafted in 06. This is totally random. It's hilarious. Goalie? It's just in front of them. One's a goalie, one's a defenseman. Enroth's not that old, is he? Bro! Really? Jonas Enroth. Nice. Who was the defenseman? You'll never get it. Was he the Sabres? I'll give you a hint. We Captain? Ma- we used to make a joke about him on the back pad playing street hockey. Mm. Kill him. Kill him. Oh, I still don't remember. Because uh... he sucked so bad. 
And we used to say, I don't know, man. Screw him. Kill yeah. him. Who, who was it? Mike Weber. Mike Weber. He was the Sabres captain, wasn't he? For No. No? No. Okay. Well, you know, Tom, before we uh, get into the Yankees talk, which is going to be pretty brief, yes. let's get in the third part of this trio of a podcast. <gasps> Jakey! We are going to be we calling everyone's because... favorite brother. We should just call somebody else. We so, should call uh, Monica. Let's uh, let's give him a ring and see what he's up to. Jacob, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Wait, Welcome Jacob. to Two Balls, One Puck. My name is Joey Girasi. I'm just <laughs> kidding. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. This is uh, this is new for us. A the- traveling podcast, the first ever in the history of. All podcasts, traveling podcasts, that's completely a lie. Yeah, I was going to say there's no All right, no Jake, way. thanks for your time. We will talk to you later. We just wanted to hear your voice. That's about it. Thank you for having me. Uh, Jacob, we have successfully talked for 55 minutes and probably covered nothing. Yeah, we need you. We need you, brother. Uh, Yeah, we we need you. Things got really off the road. Tommy did two voice impressions today. He did did Bane. Actually, I did. And he did did Bane. What was the first one? I did an elf feeding a reindeer, and then I actually just did. uh, uh, I think I did. I just did a voice from Shrek. I think I did the Muffin Man thing. Um, but we oh, only we only talked about the Bills for like 10 minutes, and we're 55 minutes into the episode, so that means we talked about the Sabres for like 40 minutes. Or you were just doing voice impressions oh. for that much time. Also, Joey left, and I did Joey's Gotta Go by myself. I did give him a prompt before I left, though. I had him try to guess all of the Sabres' first picks in each draft as far back as he could go. He did a really good job. Yeah. Uh, Jakey, how are you, buddy? How's, uh, how's Georgia? Georgia is... Very different. It's kind of cool to experience the uh, same country, different country feel. Mm-hmm. But um, as you two know, I'm actually, I'm driving, which I'm sure maybe someone can hear, but I'm driving from uh, Truist Park, the Atlanta Braves baseball stadium. I made a solo trek from where I was across the state of Georgia to Atlanta to watch the Braves shut out the Twins. Three nothing. So that was an absolute blast. Yeah, it was goodness. That was a much how, better baseball game. Than Jacob, that. how mid and how unexciting are the first place in the AL Central at forty and forty-two Minnesota Twins? <laughs> to be honest with you, yeah, it, yes, but this isn't a Braves podcast. But that was that's a good baseball team. They I are mean, that's very the, good. That's the kind of energy that I remember the three of us just normally going through our games for the few years in the Yankee land, and that's not what we're feeling right now. But I don't know. Every batter, I mean, I don't know if you, what you guys would talk about with the Yankees, but I, I really would love to kind of – We haven't oh. talked about the Yankees at all, which, you know, we're, we are going to try to keep this Yankees talk relatively well, short. We're, we're approaching the hour mark of our mm, podcast, but... My opinion um, is I think our Yankee talk should be almost exclusively Jacob. Yeah, I was going to say... More or less. Uh, Jake, what I was going point. to say, you know though, what I mean? is... Uh, and then I'll come up with a fun question for Jacob. <laughs> what I was going to say, Jakey, is that um, it wasn't long ago that the Yankees were the team that every team was like, oh, wow, this is a good team. And actually, when we played the Rangers, we were going through, and every guy that came up to hit, dude, their eight hitter was like three twelve batting average. 
eight home runs, yeah. 42 ribbies. And like, we don't have anyone in our lineup that hits that. No. And it's, it was starkly noticeable. I mean, the difference was just vast when I was watching from upper, upper deck, but directly behind home plate, my favorite seats, the, uh, every single at bat from the Braves twins, not so much, no shots fired, but kind of, kind of not great. But the Braves, almost every single at bat, there was a, an air of just like something could happen here. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that we feel, especially, I don't know. You said you haven't done much Yankees talk, but last night's Zero. game. As we haven't today, introduced the Yankees talk yet. <laughs> okay. We called you first. So we are so officially moving the into the Yankees segment. Jacob, continue. <laughs> last night's Yankees game, which would have been June what is that, Tuesday, June 27th was yesterday? Yeah, do you guys have any little pitchforks that I can poke into my eyes watching that game? I fell asleep. I eventually just went to bed. It was so- Oh, it was horrible. No, I literally but- fell asleep. For the first time that I can remember, I fell asleep with the TV on, and I was watching the Yankees. And mm-hmm. I do not remember the last time I fell asleep watching a sports game. That's sad because that's this is a team that, I mean, even a year ago, but especially the last five years, we wouldn't miss a second of if we could help it and now it's just just doesn't feel like that huh no it doesn't jake and you know our uh, yankees um topic list was pretty small when you just touched on the one of the few topics that we had was that it was an embarrassing game yesterday oh my god and I... the yankees are pl- we, the yankees played a historically terrible oakland athletics team that had a three percent capacity stadium two percent of them being uh, yankees fans and they looked awful. The A's looked like a better team start to finish. And it was, you know, the only glowing or bright spots that there were in that game is Johnny Brito pitched a good game again, which is exciting. He did. He had a good start. And Volpe had three hits. So that's kind of cool. But otherwise, dude, Jake, what what was your reaction of yesterday? Because it was not fun. Not, no. And I'll be honest with you guys. I, uh, we we can be dramatic. Yankees fandom can be dramatic in general. We just, I mean, as fans, we just watch them take two series at home to two not Oakland Athletics teams. But if we're just being, you know, ourselves being chatting about how we feel about the Yankees, we know that the record and their potential to make the playoffs isn't as dramatic as we, as we are, are talking and, and like the mood that is around us. But the feel of the Yankees team is that bad. It's as bad as we make it feel. The record, I know it's not quite that bad, but there really is just an air of, what do you want to call mediocrity or just acceptance to be just fine. And it feels so bad when you're watching. Yeah. It, it genuinely was disheartening watching Stanton swing at a pitch and do a, a nice dance floor spin out of the batter's box and – and like Tony Kemp, it was Kemp at second base. If there's a play that was close to second, and I don't think he realized he probably still had time to throw Stan out. It was just, I don't know, man, just things like that. And I had my Ratatouille moment last episode, and it's gone. Jakey, can I tell you something cool, dude, real quick? Did you just get a tweet from? No, I just wanted to make a. I just wanted to prove a point about oh, something. I have something fun. Uh, but with the win that you just witnessed, the Braves just moved into first place in the league with the best win percentage, passing hmm. the Rays. Really? Yeah, they're at a six sixty three win percentage, which the Rays have one more win, but also another loss, which are six fifty nine. And so, Jake, just to echo what you said, it feels a lot worse than it is 
it feels a lot worse than it is. The Yankees, as of right now, the only teams ahead of them in the entire league are the Dodgers, Giants, uh, Diamondbacks, Rangers, Orioles, Rays, and the Braves. And then there's the Yankees. It feels like we're a bottom feeder because we're such, you know, we're so used to this excellence that we yeah. see. But it, I don't know, man. It feels, Jacob, you just watched an MLB team that's put together and competitive, and that's not what the Yankees have looked like for a very long time this season, if, if ever. Not, yeah, not consistently. We get the game, the two games, and then we convince ourselves that we're like, you know what, this is a good team. And then it just goes away and it's not for the Yankees fans listening who are just kind of, you know, maybe in on what do we, you know, half more than half the games. It doesn't feel like we are being fair to how, again, to the record and to like the potential to make the playoffs. But as fans that are really tuned in and anyone who's tuned in is, I, I think will agree with me in that we, uh, we aren't being entertained and entertainment is the reason that this sport is a multi billion dollar um, business because it's an entertainment business and the Yankees are not entertaining. And that's just kind of disappointing that we're uh, in the entertainment business mm-hmm. and bored during games. Yeah. It's sad. When's yeah. the last time the Yankees had a laugher? Uh, a win. Uh, a win. I was a gonna win. say IKF has made a couple appearances on the mound this year during Laffer. When was so. the last Laffer win? Was it Oakland? Oakland. They, did they beat up on Cincy? They swept Cincy. They might have put no. a big one up there, but they, and, yeah, Oakland. I, I just wanted to point out, man, that the Yankees right now are twentieth in the league in runs scored. And how about in the month of June? You know how many runs the Yankees have scored in the month of June? Not want to know? Lot. No, you want to know how many? Sixty-seven runs. In how many in games? A month. Yeah. The Braves, I think, were first place when I checked, and this is excluding today's. But this morning, I think I saw the stat, and they were at like one hundred and sixty something runs. They've like tripled the Yankees' runs in the month. So MLB wide, and this is including our MVP, Aaron Judge's games that he did participate. The Yankees currently have a combined team batting average. Guess what it is, Tom? On the year, combined batting average for the Yankees. And guess what they rank in the league? Jacob, you want to go first? With, including Judge, I'm yep. going to go uh, 221 at, at 24th place. That was good guesses. Tommy? Yeah, I was going to say like uh, 230, like 25th place. They are currently third from last, 28th in the league in batting average as a team with 228. A 228 batting average. The only teams below them That's are not the good. Brewers. That's not a good average. And the somewhat real Oakland Athletics. That's not a good average. Bro. Right, Jake? That's the Rangers good. have a 272. That's bad. That's bad. The That's Braves that Jacob just watched, 270. Guys in the teams in the Yankees division, the Rays, 264, Blue Jays, 263, Red Sox, 260, and Orioles, 253. And then at the bottom, New York Yankees with a 220. Yankees need a left fielder. Aaron Hicks is. Be- <laughs> I heard Hicks is banging in Baltimore. Banging. Jake, what do you think about bringing in that guy? Oh, boy. Um, he seems perfect. What, switch hitter can cover the field? Yeah. You Joe, know, you shave that beard and wonder what he looks like. Maybe a Joey Gallo. Uh, Gallo can rake. Oh, Guys, guys, I watched Gallo swing. I watched Gallo strike oh, out yeah, three times right. today. Did he strike out yeah. three times? Did Correa get booed? Three, three Ks. Correa didn't play. Oh, that's a bummer. 
and I don't know if he was even act, uh, available off the bench because the Twins pinch hit three times. And huh? they did hit for Correa with Correa? No, so oh, I don't know. He might, he Jake, might be IL. Jake, uh, you know who I think, and you might agree with me on this, that the Yankees should bring in that could totally still do the job left fielding, left fielder? Can hit. Is he bald? Please, He's bald. He can run. He's got more heart than anyone you've ever seen, and he hates the ceiling of the dugout. Who am I talking about? Joe Jurassic. Our father, Joe Jurassic. <laughs> Brett That's Gardner it. can still that play left it. field, right? Uh, more it Yankees. More Yankees talk to come on Sundays up because they'll have completed their getting swept by Oakland and. Please don't say um, that. <laughs> Uh, we will talk about more of the Yanks. Uh, we talked a lot about the Sabers in this episode, but as we, we were planning to, we're, yeah, we're gonna. That was the that was the heart of it. Jacob, um, all right. Before we go, Jake, who was tenth in the Yankees in home runs in 2017? <laughs> all, right, all right, wait. I don't think that's too bad. Oh Let's my see. gosh! One. I'm gonna go with Aaron Hicks. He was seventh. Okay, okay, give me one more. Do you want to try to just name the top ten? Out no, because there's going to be a two that is... In any order, I mean, go ahead. Out of In any order, go ahead. If you hit the tenth, right. go ahead. Obviously, Judge, number one. 2017. So, Gardner would be up there. He had, like, 29 in 2017. He had 21, and he'd be number four. Top. God, so, Ellsbury. Ellsbury was not in the top ten. He did hit seven, though. And oh, 356 okay. plate appearances. What about Holiday? Holiday was five. 19 jacks. Okay. Loved him. Um, Castro? Castro was six. 16. Okay. Um, you need eight, nine, Didi, ten. There's number three. DD, 25. You need two. Number two, eight, nine, and ten. Number two. I'll give you a hint. He... Who's he recently played? Base? He recently played for the team you just one of the teams you just saw play, but he's not on them anymore. I don't know if that's it, who it has to be our first, the first baseman. The first right? baseman is number ten. The primary first baseman oh, okay. is tenth on the list. Well, he didn't play a lot of games, though. he was hurt a lot. He didn't play a lot of first, but so what position am I missing that had a big pop? He was center. We got. DH was the DH. That was Matt Holiday primarily. I don't know. Give me two. Number two is. Oh wait, pause. Is it Gary Sanchez? Hey, Gary Sanchez released the Kraken. What's he doing these days? He's a Met. I know he is. All right, and then do you want to take a stab at number uh, eight, nine, and ten really quick before we uh, say goodbye? I don't know if I have him because I got the infield. I, first base, I, I'm not pulling up. Oh, Greg Bird. Woohoo! Greg Bird, number 10 on the okay. list. Then I'm missing a left fielder and – or center or left fielder. And wrong. You're, so missing, wrong. You're missing two infielders. What? what? Didi and, Cat, and Castro were middle infield, both, right? Both third basemen because one got hurt. I thought that was on. Uh, oh, Oh, Todd Frazier. Yeah, number nine. I don't know. What's the last one? Chase Headley. <laughs> Chase Headley. And then right right behind Greg Bird, one home run behind Greg Bird, the other first baseman that year, Chris Cata. 
Oh, that's a sad. Oh, Jacob, uh, last question before we're gonna wrap this thing up here. I, yeah, we talked about DJ Gregorius. I missed Edie. He was he was a great Yankee. Best home run. Um, love of him. Recent memory. Jacob, question: How many languages does DD Gregorius consider himself fluent in? Sir and What are they? Sir DD. Sir DD. He speaks English. He speaks Dutch. Mm-hmm. He speaks Dothraki. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Come on, Jake, there's a the, given. Is, the, is there answer three? The answer is four. Four. Okay, well, I got Dutch. Dutch, English. Come on. Spanish. Thank you. And is it something ridiculous? Is it like Swahili? S- no, I mean, I don't know. It's I said Dothraki. It's considered Pamiento, which is like the uh, ABC islands. So it was kind of like the, you know, Aruba, Curaçao, kind of Caribbean island Aruba, language native. Aruba. But yeah, cool guy to have in the locker room. He would straight up translate, dude. Didi would go to the mound and just translate yeah. all the time. Also, great. Jacob, guys who hit home runs in 2017 for the Yankees, Jacoby Ellsbury, Clint Frazier, Ronald Torres, Austin Romine, Tyler Austin, and G-Man Choi. <laughs> you mentioned right? two, two jacks. One, right? Two, two, ja- two jacks. Can I, can I tell you guys a, a very quick story in closing? Very quick story in closing. All right. So I was at, I made this massive trek, 10 hour on the road for the day just to see Truist Park. And I wanted to experience something that was exclusive. So I saw the, the Hank Aaron Museum, which was amazing. I'll show you guys pictures later. But the uh, I wanted to get a piece of food that I could only get there. So I looked up the uh, best food at Truist Park. Yeah. And people were saying, you have to get the cleanup burger. And so I, the description of it is, and trust me, I knew what I was getting into. Well, I thought I knew what I was getting into. And the description is four patties on with uh, a fried egg, golden hash browns, and maple syrup served on a Belgian waffle. That's so So it was so a breakfast good. burger. I'm so hungry. I haven't eaten today. Bas- oh. Basically a breakfast burger. Yeah. Wow. So in my head, I'm picturing like a circular waffle. Not like Got a full-size it. waffle. I'm picturing like grabbable. Okay. And it says it's like $23 online. Like that's really expensive, but whatever. I'll try it. So I go up and I order it. And it comes up as $32 instead of 23 So that was a shock. No, apparently the guy just mistyped because every other article says 32, not 23. Continue with a very short story. Tough. It turns out to be a full-size Belgian waffle, like the size of your plate. I was, I was expecting four patties, like, stacked, but each quarter of the Belgian waffle was its own patty. Wow. So it was basically four burgers and as much as many fries I mean, more fries than I've ever seen in one place other than Tommy's Chicken Bucket. Okay, Jacob, I'm going to interrupt you. You've had the 99, you've had the Judge Burger at Yankee Stadium, and now you've had this breakfast waffle burger. Which is better? My experience, the Judge Burger, I think a fresh cleanup burger would have been better, but I got a little bit of a soggy one, so I think a fresh one would have been better. Well, I'm, I'm glad, Jakey, and I, you know... Look forward to talking to you more about your vacation and about the game a little bit, but we are going to wrap it up, so we'll say bye to you, and then we'll say bye to our fans, unless, uh, Jake, you got anything else to say before I uh, hang up on you? No, let's have a Yankees win, and I'm excited to listen to you guys, what you said about the Sabres, because that could have been a fun uh, 
off-season preview. So I'm excited judge, to hear about it. Judge Tommy's uh, voice impressions. You know he likes his Bane one a lot. Wait, Jake, so. wait, wait, wait. Jake, wait. I, I'm not going anywhere. I've got strawberries uh, packed with fiber. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jakey. Well, hey, keep keep driving safe. We love you. We look forward to talking with you again soon. And uh, Miss yeah, you, Jake. Go, Yan- go Yankees. Love you guys. Okay, got, you guys got to hang up on me. So love you guys. I look forward to it. Hey, Jake. One last yeah. question. I'm here. Yeah. I just hung up on him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for us. Uh, follow us on social media. You know that whole thing. Um, you know, find us on YouTube and uh, Facebooks and the tweets. Twitter and, and Instagram. Talks. Yeah. yeah, find us there because uh, give us a follow. But yeah. uh, until so, next time, uh, Sabres draft tonight. Yeah, let's see what happens. Yankees play the athletics again. Hopefully we eight, see a great nine, Sabres draft, and yeah. we hope to see the Yankees beat up on the worst team baseball scene in a decade. I am hungry. All right. Well, thank you again for listening. Uh, we're signing out from Media One Studio, and we look forward to uh, to catching you guys soon. So, Tommy? Bye-bye. Have a good night, buddy.